When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now to talk F1, I'm joined by Cam Vanden-Dungan from SEN's Gridwalk. Hey, make sure you stay in tune for the watch party too on SEN. I'm pleased to say he's on the line right now. G'day, Cam. Good afternoon. What a, what a big day of sport we've got ahead of us. It's going to be oh. fantastic. Yeah, I'll have to split screen it, hey, because I, I love my Formula One. It's, it's tough for the Aussies, of course. Uh, Danny Rick in 14th and then a, a horror qualifying from McLaren's with Oscar in 19th. We'll get to that at the moment, but you would have heard there what Max Verstappen had to say. He, he doesn't pull his punches, does he, the world champion? But oh, I think to a degree he's got a point. Like, they ab- absolutely balls this up. Uh, look, if, if they hadn't had the drama with the, the drain covers, which we've seen happen before, back in 2019, if you remember, a lot of our uh, big fans all of the sport will remember Baku, where a similar thing happened. Um, Supercars fans will remember what happened uh, previously when they went overseas. This is not new. It's unfortunate. We've got a couple of Aussies that have been heavily involved in the organising of that event, particularly around uh, the sporting side of it. So I, I feel for them. Um, and I know they put their back into it. But what Max is essentially saying is he feels that they've lost a bit of focus on the competitive nature of the sport and it's become too much of a circus. Somewhere between the two positions of F1 and Liberty Media, owned by an American media group now, F1 is, um, where they want to put on a show and make it entertaining, um, and where Max is, which is purist racing, somewhere between the two is right. And I think Mm. every time they try something like this, it's, it's a bit of a balance. Yeah, it is just on, you mentioned there the, the manhole. Carlos Sainz qualified second. He's going to take a 10-place grid penalty because he had to fit that new battery, battery because of the damage sustained when he was struck by the drain cover. Do you think that's harsh? It is harsh, but there's no wiggle room when it comes to the FIA. Um, yeah. There is opportunity with regulations that if every team agrees to it, you can make some adjustments. Um, the Mercedes team principal, Toto Wolf wouldn't come to the party when most others were coming to the party. But uh, it's pretty clear cut, unfortunately. The FIA will make allowances when they can to keep the racing going, particularly in un, you know, mitigating circumstances. But on this one, black and white, unfortunate. I think they'll have a look at that regulation in the off-season and see what they can do because you don't want to have this happen again in races in the future. Oh, without question. And I think that feeds into the frustration of a lot of the drivers. You know, they've, they've talked up a big game when it comes to Vegas. You know, they, they want to give America a shake and Drive to Survive has been enormous in garnering attention for the sport in that, that much-coveted American market. But I think, you know, that sort of stuff. And, and you're right, it, it's happened before. But, you know, you really need to dot your I's and cross your T's. And it's a, it's a shame for Ferrari because they've shown some real pace this weekend. They've shown incredible pace. Um, uh, uh, the challenge for them, though, they'll be starting on pole with, uh, with, with Charles Leclerc, who was the outright pole sitter. Carlos Sainz a bit frustrated he missed out, but it was such a tiny margin between the two. Sainz has that grid penalty, puts him back onto the sixth row. But Charles Leclerc, incredibly quick. That's great news for Ferrari fans, Tafosi, as they're called around the world. But one of the challenges they've got is this is uh, not the first pole Charles got. In fact, I think he's about five, had about five poles so far this year. Mm. And um, he has not been able to convert one of them this year. So from a Ferrari perspective, their pace over one lap is great. But the story of today is going to be the story that I've been covering on Gridwalk in recent weeks. And that is, it's becoming a bit of um, Formula tyre preservation rather than Formula One. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we've seen this trend with Charles last year. You know, like you said, a wonderful qualifier. Now, tactically, Ferrari, I mean, how many races did they balls up last year and to the point it cost the, the boss their job? Uh, what about the Silver Arrows? Uh, pretty disappointing run for, for Lewis. Knocked out in Q2, 10th place. George Russell, fourth for the Mercs. Yeah, so Hamilton's the, the third time this year he's failed to reach Q3. So um, he'll be a bit frustrated by that. But, um, one of the other times was in Miami, another US street race, also Zandvoort, which is a beautiful track in the Netherlands that uh, he wasn't able to get into Q3. He'll be exceptionally frustrated. Um, but again, if you listen to the interviews, and I was, you know, being the diehard I am, I watch everything, listen to every interview, pull apart everything I can in preparation for, for the show we do each Sunday night. Um, he just couldn't get his tyres into the window. Now, the window we normally talk about is, uh, is pressure and also um, tyre life or switching it on. And that, that's generally when we start to talk about temperature. Um, probably in qualifying, you don't talk too much graining. That'll come into the race conversation. But he just couldn't get the heat into the tyre to get the maximum grip. On the other side of the garage, George Russell, he managed to find that optimal window and he got himself up into third. So he'll be starting uh, in contention for a race win here. Mm. But it's two very different sports when you talk about qualifying and then racing, particularly if you hear George Russell's comments afterwards saying, yeah, I was able to get my tyre into that window. But the reality is we're going to have to look after that tyre from a graining perspective, not a not falling off the cliff like we would at hot races, but this is more like a, a rubber build-up on the surface of the tyre. If they manage to look after the tyre early, it'll be a one-stopper. But there's chat that it might even be a three-stop race tonight if you cannot get the tyres to live within the right window. Yeah, I think you might be right. So Charles on pole, Max step, uh, Max Verstappen second. You can sort of see Max coming home and, and winning this, can't you? But pretty mixed top ten. I mean, Gasly now fourth in the Alpine, but the, what a qualifying for the Williams too. Oh, Albon hey, in fifth a, and, and, and Logan Sargent sixth. Yeah, here's a stat for you. This comes from Sean Kelly, a regular on our show. Sean Kelly's nickname globally is the virtual stat man. When I'm doing my commentary with Formula One, I use Sean Kelly uh, to provide me some additional stat support. So does Crofty on the Sky coverage. So this guy knows his stats. This comes directly, so I've got to, got to give credit where credit's due. Thank you. Um, Williams finished fifth and sixth in Las Vegas 41 years ago. So the last time Williams raced in Las Vegas, they finished yeah. fifth and sixth, and that's where they wow. start tonight. I reckon that is a ripper of a stat. Um, I don't normally pull them out too much, but uh, but yeah, there you go. They're just they're just um, starting off where they finished off 41 years ago. Indeed. Uh, quick word on the Alpha Towers too. Uh, looks sluggish, haven't they? All through practice. Uh, Danny Rick made it to Q2. He's on 14th. Yeah, he did. A, he did a great job. Um, unfortunately for them, that car just isn't conducive to this type of track in no. those conditions. Um, the numbers I also saw a lot of a lot of McLaren fans out there. They they came on board when Daniel Ricciardo was driving, and they've stayed on board now with Oscar Piastri on the rise. The, there was um, Carl Reinland, my co-host on Gridwalk. He's the medical car driver in Formula One. He splits duties with another one. He's not over in Vegas for this event. He will do about 15 races next year. But he sent me some stats earlier today as we prepared for this afternoon's show that said the car with the most amount of drag was the McLaren. And uh, not far in front of it, unfortunately, was the Alpha Tauri. So it will not probably be that great a day for the Aussie drivers. They'll be hoping to score some points. The reality, out of 18th, Piastri's got his work cut out for him. Mm. Ricardo's within striking distance. But um, just to follow on that stat about um, at wing and drag and other elements of it, that to make the car really slippery, Williams did that. So that was one of the reasons they were able to get themselves up front on the grid. Whether or not that'll translate to a good race car is another story. 
the challenge is you can have a great race car, but if you're starting back in uh, in 18th like Oscar Piastri is, it's going to be a very long race for him tonight. Yeah, a lot of chat about McLaren's too because they've been, as you know, one of the best performance, performers in the second half of the season but, but really struggled around the streets of Vegas. Uh, Lando was 16th fastest, Piastri 19th, obviously. Um, you know, And they're in this battle at the moment, aren't they, with Aston Martin for fourth in the constructors. They're leading by 21 points. Both of the Aston yeah. Martin drivers finished ahead of, of Norris and finished ahead of Oscar, but there is a grid place penalty for Lance as well. Lance Stroll. Yeah, so Lance will be starting a lot further back down the order. He got that five grid penalty. It would have even, even been further. He might have been starting in Brazil if he had got the additional uh, <laughs> penalty out there. Lance Stroll will be starting right at the back of the order. The benefit for McLaren is they've got two drivers that know how to bring a car home. The challenge for Aston Martin is that Fernando Alonso will get them a result, but Lance Stroll has been so up and down. I mean, he was on the third row of the grid not that long ago in Interlagos. Yeah. So here he is starting on the back row of the grid. He's just all over the place, Lance Stroll. Question marks still surround whether he's going to go on next year. I mean, his dad is the owner of the team, effectively. So a lot of question marks around him. That battle's a really interesting one, you're right. And so is the battle for second in the champion constructors as well with um, between Ferrari and Mercedes, which is, is a really interesting one because those cars are both relatively in contention. Carlos Sainz starts right behind Lewis Hamilton, you know, row six and row five. And then um, you've got Charles Leclerc with George Russell right behind him. So that battle's going to be interesting as well. And just one more before we let you go, Cam. Of course, the pressure mounting on Sergio Perez. You know, will he retain his seat at Red Bull next year? He's been given assurances that, yes, he's not going anywhere, but want to be higher up than 11th. He is really struggling to get a result out of that car when he needs to. I thought his performance during practice FP2, even early on in um, pre-practice three, I thought, you know what, Sergio is actually finding a way to get this car into the right position and he's coming good at the back end of the year. Uh, no, it doesn't look like that at the moment. He's got this race. He's got one more in Abu Dhabi to show what he's got. Look, Christian Horner has come out and basically um, poured a bit of um, bit of water, a bit of, uh, bit of unfortunately, fire retardant material over the top of the rumours that we were probably trying to start ourselves mm-hmm. that Daniel Ricciardo was going to get the seat. The reality is, though, if you actually look at the numbers, and I pull apart the numbers and write them up on my commentary box wall and everywhere else, by the numbers, outside of the gap between himself and Max, he's had a good year. Second in the championship, still sits there. He's uh, won two Started races well. this year. Yeah. Only, only other, one other person's won a race as well out there in Carlos Sainz. So he's had race wins. He's had podiums. He's been in contention. But the gap between himself and Max is sizable. And the question is, do they want to bring someone else in? Would Daniel Ricciardo add any value? Or would they unsettle the team if they bring in a youngster that's going to push Max? I think, mm. you know what, unfortunately, as, as much as I'd love to say Daniel Ricciardo gets a drive, I think as long as Sergio gets a result today, does a half-decent job in Abu Dhabi, they'll just leave the team as is to keep the championship winning, winning run on the, on the road. And remember this, if he does finish second, it'll be the first time Red Bull has ever finished 1-2 in the Drivers' Championship. So he's, he will have done his job. There's a few rumours about Lando at Red Bull. I don't know how true they are. Is, is there any truth to that rumour, do you think? Yeah, there's plenty of truth to that rumour. Okay. At the end of this contract, at the, so this is this plays into that broader story around Red mm. Bull. So Max Verstappen, with a lot of noise he's making, the question is how long does Max decide to stay in the sport for? So oh, that's what where my brain has started to go to, to be honest. The more I'm hearing okay. him talk about this, Max is a he's a he's a diehard racer, a 100% racer. He wants to race to win championships, and at some stage, the sort of blunt nature of him, the Dutch element of him, will go, I'm done, and he's mm. out. So Red Bull will be aware of this. Christian Horner will be aware of this. 
Now, Lando, that I believe they have been in active negotiation for Lando Norris at the end of his contract with, um, with McLaren and the changeover of regs. And this is a massive changeover that's happening in 2026. When that happens, I think Lando's a, a chance at a drive there. I also must add that Oscar Piastri, Mark Webber is his manager. And yes. so I, I would, wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. You know, Mark Webber is very close with the Red Bull family, has been part of it. Mm. I think there's been a few inquiries about Oscar as well. So I'm adamant that Lando has been in active negotiation with Red Bull, and I think Piastri might be in the equation again. But, geez, if you're a driver out there and there was a sniff of a seat at Red Bull, you'd be telling your management, make sure we're at the table, wouldn't you? If not wrong, that is a rocket of a vehicle. Great to get your thoughts, Cam. Uh, Give us a tip. Who's going to win the race tonight? (laughs) I'm sorry to do it to everybody, but Max Verstappen, the long-run pace on the C4, the medium compound tyre, he is in the next level. Um, the reality is, if someone scud missiles him down into turn one, which is a chance, mm. uh, the, the race will be wide open. But to be honest with you, on all form, everything I'm seeing, Max Verstappen, if he gets to the first corner first, uh, it will be race over. Any maybe, any surprises for the podium, potentially? Yeah, I reckon the Williams might be a shot there. Um, I think wow. uh, Fernando Alonso might be a shot there. So it'll be interesting. I, I want to give a shout-out, though, to uh, Magnussen, and Valtteri Bottas on the fourth row. Really loving to see two of the becoming elder statesmen of the sport. Mm. I mean, Valtteri Bottas isn't even that old. We had him on the show only a couple of episodes ago. He He's was um, hoping to get a drive with Audi, yeah. Yeah, he was doing, wasn't he doing a bunch of sort of beer promotions in Melbourne, some VBs, and he's a really good <laughs> so sport, Veltry, isn't he? So Veltri has actually, and I'll give him a shout-out because he is a ripping guy. He's genuinely, yeah. a, he is one of the greats on the grid, right? So he... Um, He's got uh, a new Shiraz out of uh, Oliver's Tarango in uh, the McLaren Vale, which he's launched. He's Lovely. got a gin brand. But what he was on our show promoting, and we gave him a great vehicle to do it, is his partner, who's an Australian cyclist. She's a pro cyclist in road and gravel. They've got their first ever event they've, they're holding together called um, Ra- Rattle Gravel, which is a race around Tour Down Under. They own that race. They're promoting that race, and that's T- Tiffany Cromwell and uh, Valtteri Bottas. So if anyone's a cyclist out there and wants to get into their dirt cycling, their gravel cycling, go and check that out because Veltri, he's a ripper. And I, I have a feeling that when he retires, he may well move to Australia. He loves it that much here. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Cam. We'll catch you on Gridwalk. Catch up.